Cyrene's just back from uh, being gone uh, through part of the winter here. And, and the thing that excited me uh, is what she shared with me uh, about your Bible reading. Uh, show everybody how much is left and how much you've already read. This is what's left. Okay. And um, yeah. yeah, amen. <laughs> it's taken me over a year. I started in January of 2022. Okay. And um, I'm just really excited. Show, show me that uh, Bible reading guide. Yes, this one right here. Now, look at this. This is possible. This is the, the last page. So she's already read all of this, most of this, but she's on the home stretch uh, right down here, okay? Sherry, what part of the Bible did you feel like you were never going to get through? The Old Testament. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but you did. You actually got through it. But then I want to go to Israel now. Okay. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, give Sherry a hand here. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. I... Uh, I don't want to put everybody in terror that I might just spontaneously ask you to come up and share, but uh, I just, uh, that encourages me, and uh, I haven't uh, spoken about reading your Bible through uh, in a little while, but I want to encourage you, and uh, the Bible reading guides are on the little tables in the back of our sanctuary uh, by any of the doors that you'll see there. If you have never read your Bible from cover to cover, that is our encouragement. Now, if you do it differently, you read some Old Testament, some New Testament and all that, that's fine. But the point is we want you to read your Bible through. And the Bible reading guide, uh, where that comes in, is it helps you keep track, okay? Because here's the deal. If you get interrupted, now, th those Bible reading guides, you know, the one thing I don't care for them is that they have dates by each uh, of the little boxes. You can just forget that part, okay? It does not matter whether you go by the date system or not, okay? Uh, so if your life gets interrupted and you miss a day or five or a month, we do not kick you off the team, okay? You don't get voted off the island. You just go back to where you left off. And that's why the Bible reading guide is so important. As you uh, heard Shiree say that she started in January 2022. So it's been a little over a year. And, and that's just great. That's fantastic. And, uh, we encourage you just uh, keep reading your Bible. Be in it frequently. Now when you get from cover to cover, you read the whole thing, then just start over. Okay? And we've got more Bible reading guides. So you can come back and get another one. We'll make more. Okay? So if you use up what we got, we'll make more and uh, make sure that you get in there. Praise God. Well, so uh, we want to say thank you as well. Um, thank you for a couple of things here. Our, our community Easter service at the uh, Kenai uh, Central High School Auditorium. You guys did a great job. We provided you with the little invite cards. Now this year, I got more feedback from people who received an invite card and came because uh, some of them greeted me in the lobby of the high school auditorium and said, yeah, we're here because somebody in your church gave us a card. We had it right there on our kitchen table so we wouldn't forget. And here we are today. And I just want to say thank you for doing that. I called it in on, uh, on the uh, KSRM Sound Off program on the radio. And, uh, the host of Sound Off said, hey, I've had a couple of people from your church give me invite cards. And, uh, and I just want to say, awesome, thank you. 
Because that, that really is the uh, only means that we have of advertising that event. And uh, we just really, really appreciate the fact that you, you take that uh, seriously and uh, get those cards out to uh, so many in our community. I also want to say thank you for your generosity in, in giving uh, Pastor Joshua, already mentioned it uh, this morning, that our community offering, which we do once a year, we take the entire offering that comes in on Sunday, divide it between different uh, help agencies in our community. This year, I think we had Love Incorporated, Freedom House, The Compass, and the ABC Life Choices Pregnancy Care Center. I think I got several names in there of that. But anyway, uh, we were able to share $2,500 a piece with those agencies. I saw Todd Brigham, who is the director of uh, The Compass, the youth ministry out in Nikiski. He just greeted me and just said, tell your church thank you. We, we sincerely appreciate their generosity and their giving today. So I just want to relate those things to you, uh, give you thanks. So open your Bibles uh, to Philippians chapter 3. We are post one week the resurrection celebration of Jesus. And I don't know what goes on in your mind there about that, but it's not like, okay, from here we start all over again, you know, and and we kind of work our way to Christmas and then Easter and all the celebrations there, and then we start over again. That's not the way it's supposed to work, okay? And uh, Paul talks about what the significance is of the resurrection of Jesus in Philippians chapter 3. He said we are, to, we are to keep pressing on, to keep moving forward and experience the, the power of Jesus' resurrection in our own lives as well. Well, let's read it. Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 7, I'm going to read through uh, verse 14. It says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him. Now, this this is kind of the emphasis I want to bring this morning, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus." powerful passage of scripture for us here and it speaks to this whole event that we have celebrated just one week ago the resurrection of Jesus from the dead here we are post a one week post resurrection celebration where are we at what are we to do with this well as Paul says here 
that I may, might know the power of his resurrection? That's a great question. Is the power of Christ's resurrection working in your life? Okay? Uh, because it, it makes a tremendous difference. Paul's encouragement to follow his example, he says, I press toward the goal. And what we celebrate in Christ's victory over death, we now convert that into our reality as we live life here on earth. And I think that's incredibly important for us is that we take what we talked about, all this power and the power of his resurrection, and now it is to make a difference in our life. It's not just theory or just something that we they read and we think that's a great story. It's from the Bible and that's traditional. No, it's to make a difference in our lives, how we live our lives with power and the power of his resurrection. You know, there's no greater power than the power of Christ's resurrection. There's no power on earth greater than that. When you have power over death, there is nothing greater than that. And Jesus bodily resurrected from the dead to demonstrate that power. Paul talks in verse 10 that we read there. He says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. We, like Paul, have this knowledge of Jesus' death and resurrection. That's what we celebrated just one week ago. But it's now our mission to live it out. How do we live out the power of his resurrection? Well, I'd like to say that, you know, when we come to Christ, you know, it would just be so easy to, if you will, sell people on the idea of Christianity, you know, and making Jesus the Lord of your life. If when you accepted that invitation to make Jesus the Lord of your life, that all of your problems would end at that moment. Wouldn't that be fantastic? How many would vote for that if you had an opportunity? Yeah, so would I. I'd be first. And, uh, but the, the reality is that the problems continue, okay? It's not like they go away. But the advantage that we have is now we step into this power of his resurrection. We have power even over death. And we can live that out each and every day of our lives. If you had power over death, you, would, you wouldn't have to fear anything, would you? I mean, ultimately, that's the worst thing, if you will, that can happen to us is that we would die, that our bodies would die. But if you had power over that, you wouldn't have to fear anything. And that's how we are to live. Because even when we die, and Scripture says that, you know, it was appointed for man to die, is that we will rise again from the dead. And we will live with Christ forever and ever. And that's the power that we live with. We cannot lose. We cannot uh, be defeated is that victory is certain over the enemy, over temptation in our lives, because we have the power of Christ's resurrection living in us. You know, that is the power that we need to understand and focus on. Because, as I said, our problems don't end at salvation. Uh, we accept Christ into our life. We will encounter problems. Temptation will still be temptation, okay? The bad things will still happen to good people. Those things have always been, they always will be, until Christ comes. In the meantime, we journey on. I like the, 
alliteration, or not alliteration, but the analogy, uh, excuse me, of talking about life as a journey. I like that language because it implies so much that we experience in life. I mean, you know, as we journey anywhere, we, we encounter a variety of things, and we certainly do in life. We encounter things that give us great joy, and unfortunately, we also encounter things that give us great sorrow. But each and every day, we journey with Christ. When we describe our life in terms of a journey, it implies lots of turns and crossroads and sections of our life that seem to speed up. How many know that somewhere in you know, your midlife that life just speeds up all of a sudden? Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I noticed you know, in raising our sons, you know, if we have our children at home for 18 years, the, from birth to nine years old, that's, that takes a long time, you know. <laughs> but nine years to 18 years or out of the house goes in a flash. I'm sure with them, uh, I was at a young man's eighth birthday party yesterday afternoon. Man, I tell you what, you know, those kids are so full of energy and life. And he, he was counting it out. He says, I'm eight then 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yes! I'm going to get my learner's permit any day now. (laughs) Excited. Excited for life. And I like it that way. But, you know, there are times of our life that just seem to go so fast. Other times it go very slow. And then, of course, there is the fork in the road. Was it Walt Whitman that wrote the poem, The The Road Not Taken? talked about the fork in the road and and you know we make our choices in life and sometimes those choices are exclusive to to choose one thing is to not choose another thing we sometimes struggle with that what would have happened if I had taken the other road is something that we kind of think through sometimes but but the truth of the matter is most of our choices in life you know I, I like to think of it this way if you if you like an illustration is that we start life with a full suitcase. And the suitcase, what's inside the suitcase, is all of life's choices that are available to us. And uh, we start out, every choice in life is available to us until we start making choices. (laughs) And every time we make choices, we open that suitcase and we think, I choose this. That means I cannot choose that. And that goes out of the suitcase. And we close it and we journey on with our lives until we make another choice. And, and by the time we get to the latter years of our lives, very few choices still exist. The, the suitcase is getting light because we've made a lot of choices. A lot of choices have left the suitcase and uh, we don't have a lot of choices left to make. We get really smart, or we should get really smart about the choices that we have left to make. And, and, uh, and sometimes... You know, we, we want more choices. You know, I think there's a natural tendency to uh, wonder what might have happened should we have taken the other fork in the road. Have you ever wondered that? I understand that they write books now with alternate endings just to satisfy that curiosity. You know, you read the book and you read it to the end and you think, ah, I'm going to try an alternate ending. I didn't like that ending. And you can go back and you can read an alternate ending and it ends up in a different way. 
You know, wouldn't that be nice in life if we could just do a backup? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And, uh, you know, and kind of see where the other choice might go. But the life that we have does not have alternate endings. Uh, we can't go back and see what other choices might have been. And that's why we must make the best choice with wisdom and guidance that God provides us. You know, the great thing that is always available to us, even if it is the last choice in this life, is the choice to invite Jesus to be your Savior and Lord. Even if that is the last choice that you ever make. Now, I hope you make that way early uh, in your life and enjoy the journey with Jesus. But even if it's the last choice that you make, it's still a choice that is available to us. You know, Jesus demonstrated that speaking to the thief on the cross. Jesus invited him. He says, this day, you and me are going to be in paradise. As they left their lives there on the cross. I want to talk about our journey. And here we are, you know, we talked about this as post-resurrection Sunday, seven days. How are we to use this? How, you know, what difference does it make? it is up to us to live life with the resurrection power of Jesus working in us. To make his, his cross, his resurrection, our reality. What be, has become available for us. So my, my first thought here is in the journey, we sometimes lose in order to gain. Sometimes in order to go forward, we have to lose some things. And we don't, we don't like loss, you know. Anytime we talk about loss, it's like, oh man, I don't want to lose anything. Jesus told about, you know, three stories about the, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and uh, the lost son. In every one of those scenarios, whether it was the woman who lost one of the coins, which there's so much symbolism there, it's not particular our point here, but she was desperate to find the lost coin, and she tore apart her house in order that she would find the lost coin. And then the shepherd, and the she, he left the 99 sheep that were safe to go out and find the one sheep that was lost. There's great angst in us to lose something. And then the father who lost his son, and the son at long last returns home with great joy. He welcomes him back, and there's rejoicing and joy in the house because that which was lost is now found. There was a day in my growing up period, you find most gentlemen carried a pocket knife. I'm just curious, are there any real men here today carry a pocket knife? Okay, all right, good for you. Keep up the tradition, all right. I, I, this isn't much of a pocket knife, but you'd think I'd be pulling out a sword or something, but man, I tell you, I don't go anywhere except, on a, except through TSA without this knife, okay? I have lost this knife a hundred times if I've lost it once. And when I discover I don't have this knife, I go through every pocket of clothes. I, I go through pockets of clothes that are in a box in a, in a closet that I've never worn in 10 years. I go through those pockets, find the knife. Some point, some point it has come to light and, you know, and it gives me great uh, satisfaction to, to find it. We, we don't like loss. We don't like to lose things. And and the whole idea, what, what Paul is talking about here in Philippians 3, he says, I've, I've lost everything. I have lost everything to follow Christ. 
And he says, not only have I lost everything, but everything I've lost, I counted as rubbish. I don't even care. I don't even want it. I'm not going to look for it. I'm not going to tear apart the house to find it. But I've got to lose it in order that I can gain one thing. And that's the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus. And sometimes you and I have to lose some things in our lives. And like I said, we, that, that whole idea just doesn't recall. I'll tell you why we need to lose it. Because uh, to get to our goal, to get to where we're going, sometimes we just need to leave some things behind. I am a, uh, a great appreciator of history, especially American history. Lewis and Clark. How many know who I'm talking about if I mention Lewis and Clark? Okay, good. Most of you went to school before they quit teaching such things. But you know, they, it, was, it was the age of discovery, right? Thomas Jefferson, our, our president, second president, purchased the Louisiana Purchase from Spain. And it was largely unknown territory. It was like going to the moon because nobody had been there and nobody had seen what was there. He commissioned Lewis and Clark to take a, a team of, of men and go, go find out what's there. So they started on their journey, and one of the things that they had uh, was a draft boat. If you read those histories, the, the draft boat was very, very important. It was powered by a sail, you know, so they could catch some wind, but mostly by poles. Only Evinrude had not been born yet, okay, so there was no outboard on it. And so to pull up the Missouri River was long and arduous and all, but it was a great, it was a great asset to their expedition. It carried all of their powder, black powder, and, and lead to, to make uh, projectiles for their weapons and the food resources and tents and all of those things, axes and, uh, to survive for, for who knows how long in this uh, journey of exploration and discovery. The draft boat served them well, and, but there was a point where they had to lose it. They had to leave it behind. Okay? They, they met a little obstacle in their life in pulling the draft boat uh, along when it bumped into the Rocky Mountains. Now, the vehicle that got them that far was not going to take them any further. If they insisted, no, 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 this is an expedition of a draft boat, okay? So we obviously have to turn around and go back. But that wasn't the goal, was it? The goal lay on the other side of the Rocky Mountains. And so the draft boat as wonderful as it had been, and as valuable to their expedition as it was, and it carried all of the necessary gear, now had to be left behind. They had to lose in order to gain. And sometimes in our journey of life, the, if you will, the vehicles that we've been using to get us this far, all of a sudden won't take us to where we need to go. God so lovingly and gently makes that aware to us. And if we're going to reach the goal, which Paul talks about pressing forward, moving on, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ, or God in Christ Jesus. So if our eye is on the goal, sometimes we have to lose in order to gain. And lose it they did. They left it behind and they journeyed over the Rocky Mountains and, and eventually made their, themselves uh, all the way to Pacific Ocean. They had met their goal. They had reached their goal. And our goal is heaven. Not every vehicle that we've been using in this life will get us all the way there. 
And when we need to, sometimes we have to leave those things behind. We sometimes lose in order to gain. This is what Paul said, verse 7 of Philippians 3. He says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Powerful thought, isn't it? The idea of loss to us is scary, but sometimes what feels like the loss of all things to us is what enables us to ultimately move forward to where God is leading us. And that is to eternal life. That is, that we may experience the power of Jesus' resurrection in our own lives. Now, unless we're the generation which Jesus returns and raptures his church away, we're all going to taste death. We're all going to die. And yet, that isn't where the story ends. That's not the goal. The goal is eternal life. And we believe in the resurrection of Jesus. We believe in the resurrection of our own bodies as well. So in the journey, understand, sometimes we have to lose in order to gain. Loss is painful. Loss is uncomfortable. There are some things that we've all lost that we wish we hadn't lost. There are things that were taken from us, stolen from us, perished in a fire. We, we lose things and we hate it. We are uncomfortable with it. But in Christ, when, when we're in journey, in this journey of life, the loss of all things for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus is enough for us. Number two, my, my second thought on this is in the journey, we continue to press toward the goal. We keep going. Uh, some days we just want to quit. I don't think I have to take a survey here, ask you to raise your hand. Have you ever day, had a day where you just want to quit everything? Yeah. We all kind of experience that, right? Some days in the journey, we just want to quit and go back to wherever back is you know, get bored, or we get disappointed, or the barriers seem too great, or we don't want to experience loss, we can't let go. You know, Lewis and Clark, if they were so attached to the draft boat, they would have never gotten to the Pacific Ocean, had to leave it behind. Maybe we just get tired in the journey. That's certainly possible. But it stays like that, that we keep our eye on the prize. And this is where living above and beyond really matters. And I hope that that becomes more than just kind of a slogan or a nice thought. Living above and beyond. Living above and beyond the barriers. Going above and beyond the expectations of life. Is that we can live in that. What does the power of Jesus' resurrection look like in us going forward? Is that we can live above and beyond. Is that we don't quit. We don't turn back. We keep our eye on the prize, Paul writes in Philippians 3.14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That is all that matters. Everything for that. And whatever I lose in the process means nothing to me. It's hard. I'm not saying any of this is easy, right? I'm not saying that all these wonderful things that have served us well or things that we're fond of or attached to and in some way all of a sudden that, that just becomes meaningless to us. It doesn't happen that way. But sometimes in order to go forward we need to let go and we continue to press towards the goal. Developing a mindset of pressing ahead, moving forward is I think critical in the Christian life. We don't know what we don't know. 
Don't you wish you knew what you don't know? But we don't know what's ahead. You know, we think to lose something in order to go ahead, but we don't know what, what's ahead. You know, Lewis and Clark, they didn't know what was on the other side of the Rocky Mountains. Posed a big challenge. They didn't know what they didn't know. But that the goal said, we've got to keep moving. And we have to develop that mindset as believers and Christians, is that that journey to know Christ, to live for him, to be empowered by his resurrection in our lives, we just have to take that by faith. And the things that we don't know, we have to, we have to trust Jesus for. You know, we, we don't know what tomorrow holds for us. You know, we kind of think we do at times, like, well, you know, I'll get up and I'll go to work like I always do. We don't know. We don't know. It could snow again tomorrow. You just never know. That was a really bad boomerang to throw out there. Yeah. We don't know how God will change our circumstances from difficulties to answered prayer. We don't know. We don't know how he's going to do that. I, I've prayed a lot of prayers where I have instructed God to fix my problems. I know none of you fall into that, right? I say, God, you know, here's the deal. I've got this big problem. If you would just do this and do that, it would fix everything. Thank you. God never listens to that prayer. <laughs> doesn't mean he doesn't fix my problem. <laughs> but he never does it in the way I think he should or would. But it's fixed. And it's fixed in ways that I couldn't even approach. His knowledge and ability is far beyond our own. We don't know how or when these things will happen. You know, Satan wants us to believe it isn't worth it to keep going. Maybe you've got a broken marriage or relationship of some sort. And, and Satan will tell you it's not worth it. Not worth it to keep going. This, this will never end. It will never change. You know, he just wants you to accept that and quit and turn around. He'll tell us that things will turn out badly in our lives, that failure and whatever it is we're trying is, is certain. Those outcomes are true, but only if you stop. Those outcomes are true, but only if you stop, only if you believe the lie. But I press on. That's what Paul said. I press on. That's what he says, you know, that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Then he goes on to explain what that looks like in the passage that we just read. And that's keep pressing on, not going back. The things that we lose, we count them as rubbish that we may gain Christ. Let me tell you how important this, this understanding is. Problems. How many want a miracle in your life? You could use a miracle right now. Okay, what's necessary for the miracle? And I know, you know, faith and prayer and all those are good answers. But what, what's the most basic thing you need to have in order to see a miracle happen in your life? Well, faith. Well, I, I heard other answers. The, the basic ingredient of a miracle is a problem. I mean, do you need a miracle if everything's okay? No. Let's say you're perfectly healthy. Do you need a miracle of health if you're perfectly healthy? No. You're appreciative. And that's wonderful. But if you need a miracle in your life, it's because you have a problem. You need something to change. You need something to be overcome. And, and we have to understand that and look at the problems in our life as those are opportunities for God to do a miracle. And that's what the resurrection power of Jesus is all about. It's to transform our mind into understanding, yeah, I got problems, but Jesus has power. Jesus has the miracle waiting for me. 
If you're in the middle of a problem right now in your journey, you've got a problem, let me just encourage you, don't stop. Don't stop pursuing Christ. Don't stop allowing the power of his resurrection to work miracles in your life. I'm not saying it isn't hard. I, like I said, it's not like when we come to Christ that everything just becomes easy. It doesn't. It stays as hard as it's ever been. But we allow the power of his resurrection to work in us in order that we might gain Christ. And ultimately, that's everything to us. There's a lot of things to enjoy here in this life and the people that we know and, and the relationships that we have and the things that we enjoy, those, those are great. But they do not compare to someday when we're in eternity with Christ. And all those who have gone before us, in this part of my life, I'm starting to see more and more of those people gone ahead of me. And I'm looking forward to the day where we will be reunited, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. If you're in the middle of a problem in your journey, don't, don't stop. Don't quit before the miracle takes place. Don't stop before your marriage turns into what you long for it to be. Don't quit on praying for a loved one who is away from God. If there's a problem, understand that it is the beginning of a miracle. It's the raw material of what a miracle is, your problem. Living above and beyond, it's possible. It isn't just a, a good feeling thing to say. The power of Jesus' resurrection that is that even death is not final. Even death is not the end. I would ask you, do you have a problem somewhere in your life you need God to work a miracle in? If you'd just be so bold, just say, yeah, that's me. I've got, I've got one right here. Anyone else? Anyone else? All right, hands everywhere, see? We're in good company. I want to pray. So would you bow your head? Jesus, I just pray, Lord, for everyone in this room who's on this journey. We might know Christ in the power of his resurrection, Lord. Help us to live this out every day of our lives. And Lord, when we encounter problems, to see them as the raw material you use to perform a miracle in our lives. And Lord, even if we have to leave some things behind, even if we have to experience some kind of loss, Lord, help us to trust you in the process, living out the resurrection power of Jesus. So Lord, I pray to, for every person today who is bold enough to raise their hand, acknowledge, yeah, I've got, I've got some miracles that need to happen. Lord, if it's financial, I just pray, Lord, your supply. Father, if it's a relationship, I pray, Lord, healing. Lord, if it's fear that's holding us back, if fear's the rocky mountains in front of us, Lord, I pray that we would conquer fear by trusting and having faith in Jesus. And Lord, that even though it may cost us in leaving some things behind, we can move forward to the goal. So Father, today on this post-Easter, day seven, Lord, help us to realize that the power of your resurrection didn't stop last week. It didn't stop last Sunday at the Kenai High School Auditorium. It's still working today. And it's working right now in us. And Lord, help us to believe that and to live it out. See, you work miracles in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.